0: Hi there, healers. My name is Dave of Dave of the Flames. I'm a Reiki teacher, life coach, and a clerk cognizant. I blend these energies so that I can help you be the healer that you are meant to be. You work hard at taking care of others? Heal the Healers is a podcast that will help you find ways to take care of yourself. Do you often find yourself tired, low on energy, and overcommitted because you can't say no? I want to give you the tools to make you stronger so that you can work smarter and help more people around the world. No matter what healing modality you do, this podcast is for you. I am so excited today because I have an author today. He's not only an author, but he's a coach. He is the founder of the Center for Transformational Coaching, a life coach, author. He wrote the book, A Shift in Being. The Art and Practices of Deep Transformational Coaching, I would like to welcome Leon Vander Hi,
1: Hi Dave. Hi, Dave. Very
0: good to be here. Thank you. (laughs) I am so excited to have you here today. Um, Your book is, it it was like something that was, it was like that little missing piece that I needed to fill in a few holes uh, in my life when I read it. And I was like, and it was holes that I didn't even know I had. So, so that makes it, that makes it even better because I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. You know, and and I'm like, you know, and I have the ebook. So if I had the, if I had a a full copy, I'm sure I'd be writing it up or uh, writing all over it. But I just have like all these little note cards of all this wonderful stuff that you talk about, stuff that you've learned and lived and teach. Um, You you are, you're amazing. I, I have to say, because you take coaching to a brand new level. Uh, in your book thank you um, and, and and i'm I'm so impressed yeah um it, it, the the overall theme is that you need to you know a lot of life coaching when, when people start it's very contractual you know you, you, yes. you're, you're you're trying to do something that um you know you're just getting stuff done for somebody but you you took it to a, a different approach what what is transformational coaching sir
1: well, that's a, that's a good question. And that's one of the big challenges we have in the industry is that it's a wonderful word, transformation, right? Transformational leadership, transforming organizations. Oh, I'm a transformational coach and people are bandying this word around, like it's just everyday use. But when you start to think about what transformation is, it's a thorough or dramatic change in form or character of something, like thorough or dramatic. It's not just everyday change. So while we change like every day, We don't always transform. So transformational coaching is the idea is that we're starting to look at what does it look like for a human being to truly transform on an inner level? Because we're coaches, right? So we're talking about the inner process of transformation, not necessarily the physical, though that can be uh, an accompanying. But what does it look like for a human being to actually go through a dramatic or thorough change in kind of nature and character? And when we start to really look at it, we start noticing that on a psychological, like I'll just use a psychological term, the self-concept, right, which is our, it's like this complex idea of who we are. It's like our self-identity or based on beliefs and values and images of who we are and how life is. And much of this is conditioned since birth. We, we gain this kind of ego-based idea of who we are, it kind of grows as we uh, progress from a young age to, to adulthood. So we've got this idea of who we are and what life means and what I should value and how I need to live and how to be successful. And it's all been kind of taught to us and we're holding this. And then something starts to happen for some people. They go through what I call an awakening. There's kind of a crack in this shell of their egoic sense of self. And it's like, okay, what am I doing with my life? Like, what, what the heck am I doing with my life? What is this all that I've been valuing that really I'm not sure if I ever chose to value and all this that I believe about life that suddenly doesn't feel like it's true or real for me anymore. So these cracks start to form in this shell. And when that happens, the door opens to what I call a transformational journey. So that transformation is not an event like oh, it happened today. It's something that we go on. And for some people that can last decades, some faster, some slower, but it's this slow kind of going in to this part of ourself that has been unconscious and kind of taken for granted as who we are for a lifetime and starting to really look and question all that we've been taught to value believe and think about who we are and the way the world is and that then creates some kind of often for people a bit of a, a tumultuous period in their life because there are these big questions that come up like questions like who am I like who am I really and what is my purpose in this world and what is the truth about life? And a lot of folks will kind of go on a quest, if you will, within themselves and sometimes externally to kind of learn more about the reality of themselves and, and, and life. And what's basically happening is that there's a slow peeling away of this egoic structure, this egoic self-concept, and more of this authentic self that's at the core, that's always been there but gets hidden by all of this stuff begins to reveal itself and people then begin to start to say, well, this is who I am. And this is what I sense is emerging as my reality and possibility. How do I start to live this and embody it and be that? So in this way, we're really radically transforming the sense of self from from one that I call ego-based to one that is soul-based or authentic self-based, where we really come to know the truth of who we are. And this process is not something like that happens every day. Like, and it's not something that happens overnight and you can't just, well, in 21 days, we're going to transform you, which is a lot of bollocks because true transformation is a, a long journey of what I call healing, like really getting in and healing these shadowy gravitational aspects of, of the self. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that's what's amazing because um, I know for me, when I was starting out as a life coach and then going into, con- I do some consulting for people, you know, wearing some different hats, but there are times where people just want an immediate problem fixed or they want an immediate result or an immediate goal. So they just want to work on that, but they don't want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and then one thing that you have in your book is you have, have a, like a graphic of the true self surrounded by, by rings. And, and it was like peeling back layers of an onion. Yes. And, and, and that, I, I love that image in your book because that's a lot of, of what I've always wanted to do. Like, you know, I, I'm, I've never been the traditional life coach. You know, uh, I started out that way and I was like, no, that's just not me because I'm, I'm a Reiki teacher. I, I you know, I, I'm kind of woo woo. I talk to angels, I, I do tarot cards. I'm Claire Cognizant, I've got all these spiritual stuff going with me. So I can't just sit there and just be the life coach who's just gonna be like, well, you know we can reach this goal if, and it's like, no, let's let's work on you. Uh, And a lot of times people put up a wall and I'm really good at at helping, leading them and guiding them, you know, okay. So I know that you want a relationship, but how can you be in a a healthy relationship when you doubt yourself, when you feel that you're not worthy, when you only know toxic relationships and they, and then they're like, um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, you, mean like, about- <laughs> you know so and, and, I, and I've always been that way it's like so let, let's let's go dig let's dig a little bit deeper how about right now we put the relationship off and let's work on you and build a relationship yeah. with yourself first yes and then figure out and it, it's a hit and miss sometimes where they're like yeah I'll do that or no I don't want to and when they don't want to I don't I don't fight it I don't push it I'm like okay well then you know I, I'm really I don't think I can do anything for you and then we just take hands part ways, yeah. but but it is one of those things that the people that do work with me, when, when they start learning to truly love themselves and realize that they, we when we work together, we work on the physical, mental and spiritual together of how powerful that can be. Um, and like I said, I've been doing this for uh, many, many years, um, but I never knew, I never had a word for it. I never knew what I was until I read your book. You filled in <laughs> so many pieces of my life uh, and and I seriously, I want to publicly, I want to thank you for that
1: because
0: yeah. your book is extraordinary. Whether, whether you're a coach or whether you just want to read this book just for, just for yourself to build relationships with yourself and do just different things. This book is I highly, highly recommend it. It is one of the best reads because it's so well laid out. The stories in there, the, the client stories, the, the things that you talk about. How easy you make it for people to realize that mental, physical, spiritual are, are all one thing, and then to live that life of the balance. Y- mm-hmm. Your your book is so incredible with that. One thing I like that you wrote is uh, where in your life are you forcing something to happen? Yeah, H- can you give can you talk about that or some experiences you've had with that?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It, to me, it kind of relates to what you're speaking about earlier when people often want to manage or problem solve the challenges of their life or the other side of it is I have a high dream that I want to make happen a a goal that I want to have happen now in both these situations problem solving in particular like when people go through transformative processes and they do this deeper in their work a lot of resistance can come up the ego is going to resist it being attended to if you will and what happens is people start to lose a kind of sense of touch with kind of the inner organic unfolding that's happening within them. We talk a lot about this unfolding, the natural unfolding of life within the self and that transformative journeys have their own kind of self-volition. Like they just, if you can get out of your own way, you can, you can just watch this process unfold in, in yourself. So people resist. And then when they resist, there can be a force. Like I'm going to force myself through this, or I'm going to move away from it, or I'm going to deny it whatever it is there's a kind of force that comes at things and the same when people are trying to make their their high dreams come true we're so taught to in in western culture especially like set the goal and just drive to that goal and make a work plan and have you know your timelines and nail those things and people approach transformational work and their own inner journey with the same kind of mentality that Like, I'm just going to drive myself into this transformed place and do this work. And what happens is, again, they lose touch with this natural uh, kind of life energy that is guiding, prompting, showing, nudging the way they ignore all of that. And they just force (laughs) themselves to be where they want to be. And what often happens is they, they hit walls. Of course, you hit a wall that creates a new kind of frustration a new kind of angst like why am i hitting a wall i'm doing everything i should be doing for this and then they try to force force the wall <laughs> right rather than what we practice in the in the work is just that okay what would it look like just to step away from having to force anything in your life to happen and start to attune to what is emerging. So this natural emergence that in any moment, in any situation, there is this kind of deeper emergence of something that I call something that's wanting to happen. Sometimes it's referred to as the generative potential. So if we can just tap into that within ourselves, like what is wanting to emerge here, like below it all, below the resistance, below the desire, below the need, below the wants, at that kind of core soul level of mind and being. And it's a quiet space you've got to enter into. What's emerging there? And can you just be with that? And when people take that breath and they step away, you mean, I don't have to force things. I don't have to drive things. I don't have to make it happen. That if I can just allow this unfolding, life becomes so much more easeful and joyful. I'm so much more at peace. I'm having much more fun. It's like, yeah, now you're in that sweet spot, but we're so conditioned to this other way of driving life to happen, like we're going to make life happen on my terms, my will dictates all things, right? We lose touch with what is the will of this greater thing we're calling life, or spirit, whatever, however we want to phrase it, what's the will of that? And rather than forcing our will onto it, like I am going to impose my life upon life, what does it look like to create a kind of co-creative partnership with it, where we're doing a dance with life? And to dance with life, you have to be listening to life or spirit or however we, we want to phrase it so that we are really in this dance of co-creation and there's no force. Nothing in nature forces itself. Right? It's, just, it's all just the movement of the winds and the suns and stars and the oceans and life and death and birth and rebirth. So if we can tune into that, you know, force falls away and we find our true power really.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's what's, what's amazing. And what a lot of people don't understand you wrote in there, um, you know, for, for, when you do this, what kind of energy does it take to put up those barriers, put up those walls? Yeah. And, and that's what I deal with a lot of people. It's like, you know, you are 70% of where you want to be, but you're 30% of resentment and anger and, and frustration about either a person, a place or a thing. Yeah. I said, what, what would you make room for in your life if you could get rid of that 30%? So how about if we just empty that 30%, let's, let's take away its power from you. And then, he, and they're like, well, what do I put another 30%? I said, let's just leave that open. Let's hold that space so that anything that spirit brings in or anything that God wants to send you, you have room for now. Right. And, and people don't get that. And then when I read it in your book and you're talking about, it, I'm like, oh my God, it's so nice to, to read somebody who gets it and who teaches it and teaches other people. And you, it, it. It amazes me because when you, when you work with people in your book or things you talk about, it is about just re- releasing your agenda. So much. Yeah. You know, I, I have people who are like, I, want to, I know that I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. And they're 28, 29. They can't even balance a checkbook. And, they, they, and I'm like, so how, how is this going to be? And they're like, well, I don't know, but it's going to,
1: yeah. I just know that it's going to. And more and, importantly, my question is, why does it need to be? I do.
0: <laughs> exactly. Why does
1: that goal, like, where is <laughs> that coming from in you that this needs to be? Because there's no partnership. There's your will. Like I'm going to be a millionaire at 40 because there's yeah. going to be some conditioned belief in there that says that's an important thing to have, mm-hmm. right? That I need to be that to be what? So when we start looking at why I choose my goals, like that why this is important to me to be a millionaire or why it's important to me to sell a million razor blades or whatever it is that i'm doing (laughs) we get to that core stuff that gets scary because then you start to look at like wow i've been taught a lot of stuff about life and myself that i've bought into hook line and sinker and i've never questioned it never looked at it where did this come from who taught this to me why do i hold this to be true is this really how my life is to be and that then some people get a little bit scared like oh, I don't know if I want to don't know <laughs> if I want to go there that's going to rock the boat of what I've been created taught believe yeah yeah that's what we're here to do so the people on the transformational journey are really ready to rock the boat like they are they're not necessarily free of fear there's trepidation like there's no knowing where this is going to go but there's that inner sense that if I can attend to this to make as you called the space And that's the hard part. Like I call it personal gravity. Like we're attending to our personal gravity. If you want to grow into these higher levels of self and self-awareness, we got to attend to the personal gravity. You've got to do that work. Mm -hmm. And it begins with questions like, why is that, why is that so important to you? What is at the root of these things that we choose to pursue?
0: I, I, I think that's the biggest thing. One thing that I'm finding that a lot of people that I work with, um, are struggling with, and and I'm wondering what your take is on this, but why is it that what other people think about them matter so much? Yeah,
1: that seems to be a characteristic of all humanity, isn't it? I'm not Mm -hmm. even certain that I can say that that's a a, a cultural thing. It seems to be for the most part that across the human board, no matter who I work with in what country, Mm -hmm. there is an element of this, and it feels like a big part of our humanity that, you know, it's kind of wired into us, that Mm -hmm. we are conditioned or wired to care what others think of us and that's to some degree i see it as you know a healthy developmental stage that we go through even as young people it can motivate us in certain ways to to stretch ourselves and to try new things you know there's a psychological concept called social facilitation where you know experimentally they'll have somebody doing something let's say trying to fix a bicycle tire and when they were observed they would perform at a higher level than unobserved So psychologically, we're kind of wired to perform, if you will, under observation (laughs) of other human beings. But it's always felt to me like if we get stuck there, that's where it gets problematic. It's not that we have this as a growth phase, but when we start to become aware that this is how we operate, there's the opportunity for that transcended level of self-awareness and growth. Like, What does it look like to let go of these conditioned or wired in bits of my humanity that feel like they are so of my ego? that can so trap me into fear to just move beyond that what would it look like and that's the big question for folks because there's always the well I don't know like how do I do that and then they come to me to go well dear coach this stuff has been in me for a lifetime and maybe beyond how the heck do I outwork this stuff I have no clue you start doing EFT, right? <laughs> <Or something>, right? <laughs> Which is, you know, I thought that that's wrong. It's like there's all these modalities of healing that people can right. do, right? But they, they start to like, there's gotta be a way to get this out. But that's the thing, because this stuff is so sticky. It's so ingrained within our DNA, sometimes it feels, that outworking these really egoic patterns is challenging, mm-hmm. challenging, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I have one plan in
0: the past where his car and you know, his car, his watch, his clothing, you know, his place of business, everything had to be top tier because he wanted to put on this image, but he was in so much debt. He, you know, his credit was shot. You, you know, he, he was so stressed because of everything to keep this persona, to keep yeah. this image, you know, because he had, you know, 40,000 followers on Instagram and he had to portray oh. You know, his wow. pictures had to look a certain way. You know, he would spend four hours on a post sometimes because it, it was such a big part of his business that he looked good and look an image of a corporate personality, you know, a CEO. And he, he never wanted to let that guard down. Yeah. And so I come into his life and I'm like, no, that, that you're, you're killing everything that there is good about you. You know, is this, e-, you know, and we, we went through some turmoil at times And now he's let go of all of that. But it was like four years of hell, (laughs) you you know, because it was like he had to stop caring so much what other people think. And then he had to figure out what he wanted. What was his passion? What was his purpose? What was his identity? Um, You you know, and it's crazy because there's the biggest thing I found is um, when people find hope, that's when the, the transformation, I think. You know, one thing you talk about in your book is, you know, what it means to awaken. And I think when they start to awaken, when they make that decision, as they're going through this process, they start to hope about possibilities that they never even thought of before and hope about a future that could be, um, that is different than what they were taught by their parents or by their friends or what society says, you know, society, especially here in Western society, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you, 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 a, a girlfriend, you, you get a wife, you get a house, you get a, a white picket fence. you know, you don't a fraternity while you're in college. And then you have a children, you get a job, you work that job for 25 years to retire. You know, that, if you don't do that, then you're broken or something right. wrong. Yes. And, and so I teach people, no, you are unique. You are an individual. And no matter what you are, you're you and you bring specific, wonderful gifts to this world, but you don't know who you are. So let's find that out together. and it's it's crazy because i get people look at me like what (laughs) that's uh, you know uh, what do you mean me it's like i don't want this to focus on me i just just want to be able to get my business off the ground right yeah you know it's like (laughs) it's like i understand that that's what you want but we have to build a solid foundation and the solid foundation is you Yeah. you know your internal voice when you walk in front of a mirror If you walk in front of that mirror and you're saying all these harmful things about yourself and all this nasty stuff about yourself, we need to start there. Yeah. Because if you're not looking in the mirror and you are not seeing your best friend, then you need to to do this kind of work to, to find who you are and be happy with who you are. Because again, who you are is unique. Who you are is wonderful. Don't let anybody diminish you and don't let anybody take away your light. And I think a lot of people just listen to other people. They listen to people that they think care. And sometimes the people do care, but they just, they're trying to live their life through this, you know, through you. So don't don't let them take away your power like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're speaking about it all, right, how we take on these personas, these self-identities that are so much often born of the world around us and us living into images that have been, I don't know, plastered on advertisements since the day we were able to turn on the TV kind of thing about what it is to be an American or a man or a woman or mm-hmm. sexual or whatever it is. We just, we're hit by it all and it never stops. It never stops. And so it becomes so part of who our, who we sense we are. We, we, we set our goals, as you said, based on what expectations are or what the world around us is doing and what we think is good and right. You know, I was really fortunate. I was raised in, by a family that never really imposed upon me any expectations in terms of what I was to do with my life. In fact, my mother went on her own kind of spiritual quest. Starting when I was 14 years old, we used to go to church, and she said, I've had enough of that. And she went on her own transformational journey. She took us to California, like to a lot of the you know, Course of Miracles, and I don't know, all these different kind of places that, that people were, at least in the States at the time, doing a lot of this work. And that freedom it gave me at the time, uh, just to say, okay, so this thing that I'm attracted to, I'm just going to go learn about it there was no limits. So from a very young age, I was already kind of beginning my, my movements around the world, traveling, exploring cultures, trying different work that just kind of, here's where I needed to go. Here's where I needed to go. I never was the guy who applied for 20 jobs. I do, I would apply for one, like that one job was the job I was to get and it would just be known. And then I would just do that. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate to kind of bounce around and, and have a life where I could pursue It doesn't mean that I wasn't living through my ego. It doesn't mean that I didn't have all this stuff, but it was the journey to who am I, as you said, what is my life to stand in service of? Is my life a little bit um, unconventional? Absolutely. You know, I didn't didn't even own my own house until I was 45 years old because I was moving around the world so much. I didn't own my own car, (laughs) all these things I didn't even bother with, um, family at home would say Leon you know why don't you move back home again why don't you do this why don't you do that because that was the life that they had been living and that was the Canadian life right that's how you know being Canadian that's that was the Canadian life very similar to the American life right you just kind of follow this 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 trajectory so to be able to say I have the freedom in the space to follow my own drummer to listen to my own heartbeat is such a gift And if people can begin to recognize that I've noticed this too, like one of the biggest things on the transformational path is that there is a reconfiguration of your life that has to happen. And that is a lot of letting go, like not just of images, as you said, of myself as this, this persona of the successful CEO or the persona of, and I've seen this with coaches too, like the persona of the successful coach, the coach that makes it happen persona, like letting go of (laughs) all of that. But there's sometimes can be a letting go of even a lifestyle. Like I need to have this house with this car Because again, that makes me look like something, uh, with this kind of activity on the weekend and this kind of house in the, in the, in the Hamptons, sort of speak. And that, that people don't want to let go of that. Like I was coaching a guy who had, um, he was a CEO of a small engineering company that had been, you know, doing on and off well for, for some years, he was living on $500,000 of credit card debt. Wow. Half a million dollars, Right. He was living on that debt and he went out and bought himself in the midst of all this a $70,000 Tesla because he felt he deserved it as a CEO of his company because he'd been working so hard for all these years. Just put that on the credit card kind of thing. Right. So I kept talking to him. I said, well, so if this is your lifestyle. This is what it's all about for you. And if you want to go on this transformational journey to become this man that you say you want to be, who is really free to support people in their greatest truths and realities, even as CEO or whatever path you take to be innovative and creative, why are you living this way? Like why have you configured your life so that you have to have the house and the car and the boat, he had a boat too, and all these things (laughs) and this debt And he couldn't let that go. Like he was willing to do inner work to become more loving, as you said, love himself, love family, love, you know, he was a very loving and desiring to love man, but he couldn't reconfigure the external to let go of those symbols of me as something. It was just too hard. So so I say to people, you have to be sometimes willing on this journey to not only do the, the inner work, but recognize that, you may have to let go of this outer world for a while and allow it to reconfigure itself to mirror. Is that a simplification of things, a letting go of a need for things, possessiveness, whatever that attachment is? What's going on there as well? And when people really allow themselves to go on that full journey, the inner journey, and allow the outer to kind of reconfigure, to let go of people's thoughts about themselves and who I am and the symbols of my success or unsuccess, whatever, I can let that go. <sighs> But the heat the needs support with that. That's why people come to coaching, right? That's why people come to us, really, because it's scary. It's scary to go on that journey.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. It, yeah. it's, it's like um, when when they're trying to be, it's one of those things, you know, especially, like I said, here in the States, is we have we have to succeed. We have to have these material things or we're not successful. Yeah. And, and it's like, you can you can be so successful by by living a minimalist life. You know, people always ask me, you know, what, is, what are your goals? What is it that you want to do for me? Um, and I said, well, what I want is I, I'm a pretty minimalist person. I, I don't, you know, I do own a home, but I own a home because I take care of my family. I take care of my mom who has cancer. So I, we had to get a home where she had a bedroom on the first floor because she can't climb stairs. So I, I have a home, but what I want is to be able to live anywhere in the world and work. So I want to be able to work online through the internet and, and just live and travel and kind of, kind of be that nomad of, I want to live in different countries for, at, at different points of the year and just to experience different cultures. And that's my, that's my goals. So those are my dreams. And that's something that I'm working towards and, and I'm having some success with, and I'm enjoying that, but it's not, I want to have a $70,000 Tesla or, uh, you know, I, I want to have this persona of, I have this, incredible coaching business you know Mm. none of that matters to me at all the only thing that matters to me is how many people that i how many healers can i help help other people you know i work with a lot of healers i work i you know i always tell tell myself i i look for light seekers and i I help turn them into light workers you you know and and it just it just it just comes down to this is the biggest thing is how many healers can i help grow as a person grow into their healing abilities so that they can go on and heal the world. Yes, and by it's the that same work I, that I do in the coaching yeah. realm, you're doing in sort of the healing realm. It, it, exactly, you know, the and, purpose. Yeah, it, it, and it, and it's so rewarding because it's like I'm helping people that I, I'm never going to meet because I'm helping through other people, you, you know, and I'm changing lives. And part of this podcast, part of part of the all of the things that we do is just to get this message out there. And that's why when when I came across you, when I came across your book. And then your website. Um, you you're a founder for the Center for
1: Transformational Coaching. Yeah. Um, and that's how old is that? It's like fifteen years, something. Or no, not quite. We opened it 2000. I should say I opened it 2013. Oh, 2013. About okay, eight, so eighth, eighth eight, eighth eight ninth year years now. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. So so what yeah. what is what is that like?
0: What, what is your company?
1: Well, the company basically was opened as a way to bring the deep coaching work to the world. So my journey for in kind of how I came to deep coaching is a kind of interesting, I don't know if we have the time, I can share a little bit. Do we have the time? Uh Okay, just a little bit of the the journey. Deep coaching, I position as a healing modality, actually, right? Because when we do deep transformational work, it is a healing, I call it transformation is a healing journey. Because we're not just talking about, you know, the wounds of myself that I'm healing, but this idea of growing into wholeness and completion, that's healing to grow into the wholeness and fullness of who you are, that light at the core of self, to know yourself as this, that is a healing journey. So I positioned deep coaching as, as a healing journey. And I started to become aware that there was something there around 2011 uh, in that neighborhood. I was a coach trainer for many years with uh, the International Coach Academy, a global coach training organization. And, you know, at that level, you're teaching very foundational coaching skills, training people in foundational coaching skills. But I was noticing the work that I was doing in my private coaching was going much, much deeper. And as I would speak to people about that in the, in the courses, they would say, well, how do I get there? How do I get there? And that was a good question because I didn't really have a, a ready answer. But that's kind of what began this sense of, okay, what would it look like to begin to look at what I'm doing? Like what am I doing in my coaching space that is not of this more conventional transactional nature? And how can I convey that to people? And it goes back to an experience I had. I'll, I'll share a short story because this was a pivotal, pivotal story for me and experience that I had as a student coach. So I was coaching a peer in the program we were doing peer coaching and it was our 12th session. And for some reason, we'd been focusing on her career development for most of it. And for some reason, in this last session, she wanted to talk about a sexual abuse that she's experienced as a young child or a young teen at the hands of a family member. And immediately all the red flags in my my mind went off like coaches do not go to section. We do not do this. I'm a student, right? We do not do this. But she's telling me about it and the emotions coming out and she's telling me and and I just, okay, so I'm always connected like you to spirit. And I I just turned within myself and I said, okay, so we're talking about it. I'm not going to shut it down. Guide me. What do I do? And the prompt I got immediately was just love her. So I literally sat back in my chair, kind of palms out. This was a phone call uh, coaching session. So I closed my eyes and I sat there and I just started to try to radiate this energy of love. And what I noticed was she slowly, slowly stopped talking. And then we sat in this silence and in this, I can only describe it as this gorgeous energy field for about 20 minutes. And then it slowly felt like the energy field just kind of dissipated and we both kind of woke up to it. And if we could have looked at each other, we both went, what just happened? (laughs) Because for both of us as coaching students, this was Unlike anything that we do in coaching, not only the, 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 the willingness to, to bring up deep pain, but the, the, the silence, 20 minutes of silence. I mean, who does that in coaching, right? And just the energy of it, like, what the heck was that? And I'm not even sure to this day that I fully grasp what is going on. But in that moment, I recognize there's a potential that can happen in coaching that we aren't even coming close to in our conventional coaching approaches. And it is healing at the deepest, chorus level. That 20 minutes of silence was not just her and I sitting with our mouths closed, like looking at each other. That was deep. You call it Reiki, if you Maybe it was Reiki going on. I don't know. Yeah. That was deep, deep healing of the core level of mind, that unconscious level in which all this is going on. And I started to experiment with that in my sessions at one point. In fact, I would tell my clients, hey, let's do, and I made up a name. I called it a light body healing. And I would say to my clients, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what this is, but would you like to try? And they would say, sure. And often it was related to something like really deep, right? So some core beliefs that they couldn't let go of, right? Um, So then I would just open up this healing energy and I would just again, sit back and just try to, you know, and the vortex would open, the field would be there and time after time, my clients would have these incredible experiences, very different, but they could feel energy moving. They could feel things releasing. They would sometimes drift into kind of a, a, a sleep pattern. All these different things were happening. And I was like, there is more that we can do in coaching than asking powerful questions because there's a limit. You cannot heal a core belief that's embedded into the fabric of your DNA through powerful questions. It requires the heart, the intelligence and the energy of the heart to sort of love yourself into wholeness and completion. And in those healing experiences, I was bringing in the greatest spiritual energy that I could think of. And it was going to work on people who are willing. So they are opening their minds and their hearts and their energy systems to the receptivity of whatever it was that was going to happen. They didn't know it was going to happen. (laughs) So I started to weave that into my coaching. And that's when I started to recognize people are asking me what I'm doing there in this coaching where somehow in coaching, we're allowing for these healing experiences of deep core embedded stuff. And that gave rise to the deep coaching work. So what you're reading is actually kind of that distillation of my understanding of what it took or what it takes to create healing spaces in a coaching context, but actually in any context in which you're doing work with other people who want to outwork patterns of belief and thought and emotion that have kind of wedded to the fabric of their identity, but are like, how the heck, I don't know what to do. And the coach doesn't have to then have all these modalities like, oh, I've got my CBT uh, approach, or I've got my neuro approach, or I've got Mm -hmm. my, you know, whatever approach. It's like, what happened if you just loved this person in silence and stillness? What would it look like? And people are working with this stuff in my classes, and they're just, my God, this is so good. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It, it,
0: it, it, it's crazy how good it is because, yeah. um, you, you know, even, even from my point of view, there are times where I'm on a Zoom call with someone and I can see that they are um, like, we'll just have this little breakthrough. And then, you know, I, I see them pull out a tissue and they start crying. And so I just, I literally, I just shut up. I'll turn my mic off so that you no know, background noise interferes.
1: Yeah.
0: And like you said, there are times where they can sit there for three minutes or 10 minutes and they're, they have their eyes closed or they have their head down or they're sniffling or, or whatever they're going through, but I don't want to take them out of that. So I, I just sit there and I, I'm just sending, you know, sending some Reiki energy to them and some healing, trying to create a connection with them. And, and you know, I, I'm big into crystals. So I have crystals all over my desk and I'll hold a crystal as, as I do it. Um, and it's funny because that, uh, yeah, <laughs> because that then when they're ready to talk, it's, it, it's like, it's that healing of the soul level. And, and it, it's when you see that, when you see that transformation in somebody, it, it makes you feel so good. It's funny because, um, you were an instructor for ICA. I actually went to ICA. You did. Uh, yeah. That, that's how I got started. <laughs> I, I think it was 2009. Um, and I did it for about a year. I, I didn't finish the program because it was a lot of what you said. The the calls were very structured and and I did a lot of the peer stuff as well. But you couldn't, it was like, you couldn't deviate. You had to stick to a script. And I I was not a script type coach. And I was like, I I love what they did. I love the foundation. I love the things that I learned. But, and I took that, but I added my own stuff to it. And when I added my own stuff to it, I was more authentic and I was more me. Yes. And that's what turned me into the coach that I am today. So um, it's just crazy. And I'm, you know, when I looked at your website and I saw the trainings that you offer, every one of them is so appealing to me. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, so I'm sure I'm going to, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be going, you and I are going to be meeting in the future. Because like I said, you filled in holes that I did not even know that I had. One thing that is very big in your uh, process is um, creating a healing space. Yes. Um, can, can we talk a little bit about that real quick? Um, whether yeah. it's on the phone or whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in person, what, the, what that means?
1: Yeah, so the healing space, it very much connects to what I was just speaking about, right, creating a place, a space, a coaching space in this context, at least, mm-hmm. in which a person is feeling safe enough with me as the coach to do healing work on themselves because again what often the coach will do is I, th- I think I got a question constantly be questioning what's happening with this person they say something I've got a question they say something I got a question maybe I can help them change their perspective on things but changing a perspective isn't necessarily a, a deep healing of core personal gravity and we've talked a lot about what those layers of the onion look like so far Mm -hmm. today right it doesn't mean that that necessarily is released and people then don't even necessarily know that with you I can do this attending to because you just keep asking questions and I faithfully answer the questions you ask because you're the coach and I'm the client and that's what we do so to move a coach to the realization that they can create a space that I call a healing space which is really just a place where people can absolutely relax body, mind, so that they can access their most resourceful state within themselves, that higher level of wisdom and awareness that's available, so that they can then orient their mind to anything within themselves that wants to be attended to any of that heavy stuff that feels like this needs my attention, that they can just do that because they feel so safe and so held by the coach. And this is an image of the cocoon that I talk about in the book, right? This idea that the coach becomes like the cocoon of this transforming caterpillar, that the cocoon is vital to the process, but that the cocoon isn't itself um, you know, asking a bunch of questions or doing the work of healing. It's, it's, it's not that the coach is the healer, it's create a space in which a person feels safe enough and relaxed enough and open enough, connected enough to attend to what needs to be attended of that, which is more shadowy and dark and heavy and or painful or limiting within themselves. And the healing space is that cocoon, if you will. So if a coach can visualize that image okay. So, what does it take for me to be the cocoon in which another person feels absolutely safe, relaxed, and open to do the healing work. Okay, good.
0: I, I, I love that. And it, it's such a, it, it's such an important thing because there are times where I will start a coaching session and I see where their I see where their energy is or see where their their headspace is or there's all they're kind of distractions. I'm like, you know, this isn't really going to work. Let's go ahead and cancel today's session, and let's reschedule when you're calm. And, and they're like I am calm <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like no you're not <laughs> you know so it, it's really funny so, so and, and I have no problem doing that and the times that I've done that for my clients when we do have the actual session it's, it can be more powerful because they're in a calm place they're, mm-hmm. in, a, they're in a peaceful pl- place of mind they're in a healing space and it, it's very very powerful for them so uh, I, you know, anyone who's listening, no matter what modality that you do, no matter what modality that, that you're healing people with, um, creating that healing space is so, so important because if, it's not good. If people come in for a massage and they're doing it midday, they came in before work, they're going back to work afterwards. So they got to deal with all those kids. Your, the healing of your massage is not going to be as, as good as it would be if it was a relaxed day for them. Right. So, so kind of just knowing your client, talk to them. It's okay to talk to your client and set expectations of how your healing works or your coaching works. Right. You know, when, when you are talking to your client, you have to be able to say, this is what I do. And you're kind of qualifying your client or you're kind of making sure that, you know, they're a good fit for you. Because if you're out of alignment with your client whether you're a coach or a healer, it, it, it's not going to take, it's not going to go very well. So so I love all, all the stuff that you said. Um, can you tell us, uh, the listeners, how to get a hold of you in case they, they want to take some of your classes, they want to work with you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, you said that we are the Center for Transformational Coaching. So our website is very challengingly, www.centerfortransformationalcoaching.com. It's an ER center. You can search for transformational coaching as well on the website. We can come up, and yes, you can contact me through the website. That's the the easiest way. Yeah, great. And you're
0: also on LinkedIn because uh, I yes. found you there. I found you there earlier. So yes. um, if you listen to this show and you want to connect with them on LinkedIn. Um, just send him a message. Don't just blindly invite Anytime. <laughs> anytime. I'm, I'm open
1: to hearing from folks. It's it's great. I love these conversations and just to see and hear where people are at on their journeys and how we can support in any way. So feel free to yeah, That That's a big thing. Reach out to either one of us. You can DM me um, in the show
0: notes of this episode. I'm going to put all the content information as well. So it's easy for you guys. I'm also going to put a link to his book. Seriously, whether you're a coach or not, I highly recommend this book. Because I think that it's going to go with any modality, but also just as a person, there's so much incredible information in this book that I I just think that it transcends just for coaches, because I know that, like I said, it filled in so many holes that I didn't know that I had. And this is one of the best books that I think I've read this year to be, well, it's to the... In in a whole year, (laughs) not just because it's (laughs) January. January. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, over the last 12 months, uh, I think that this has been the best book that that I have read because it affected me in a lot of ways. It made me think about myself, think about my business, think about my coaching, think about my family. It, It made me think about things in a different way. And when you get a book that can do that for you, it's priceless. And again, I highly recommend it. I will definitely be leaving an amazing review for it. And, and Leon, I want to thank you so much for being on my show. That I am so honored that you came here, that that you took the time out of your busy day to, to have my listeners hear your, your words. And I want to thank you.
1: Dave, you and I, I think, could talk about this for hours longer. <laughs> I can really get that sense. This has been awesome. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone.
0: I will talk to you guys next week. Take care.